Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, President of Texas Values. Great to be with you on a Saturday afternoon in the great state of Texas. Hope you're enjoying your weekend. Maybe watching some football. Maybe, I don't know, catching up on some reading. Who knows? I'm just trying to remember where I was last weekend because I was not in the studio. We'll talk about that later. An exciting trip of the White House. I was at the White House twice last week on Thursday. That was a lot of fun. And then went and paid a visit to my U.S. Senators. You're at U.S. Senators, John Cornyn and Ted Cruz. I'll talk more about that in the second segment. Uh, a lot's been happening over the past month. You know, October's a busy month, I'm sure, for families too. A lot of activities going on in the work that I do. A lot of events ramping up to elections. Debrief on what happened during the legislative session. We're in the middle of a major court case. Our organization is. I'll touch a little bit on that in the second segment. Uh, football season is in full swing in my personal life. I may tell you a little bit more about that. So, and um, I'll try not to get into Longhorn Aggie football too much, but it's probably going to be hard to resist because of our guest on the show today is my good friend Heather Gardner, who is the executive director, the leader of Central Texas Coalition for Life. They do tremendous pro-life work throughout the Central Texas area. I'm sure she does work in other parts of the state when she can is as needed, but she's been a good friend for many years and she's running a great program that's, I don't even know all the details of it because there's so much of it. I'm going to let her lay that out. But the 40 Days for Life effort, we're right in the middle of that and actually, I guess, getting towards the end of it. And so I wanted Heather to come in and talk about it because this is a local effort as much as it is a national, if not a worldwide effort at this point. But it is a tremendous opportunity for people at the local level, at the community level, at the personal level to engage and make a difference in their own life, in their prayer life, but in the lives of other women. Heather, welcome to the Texas Values Report. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you, Jonathan. And I'm glad to have you in studio. It sounds so nice, doesn't it, behind the (laughs) microphone? Absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about, you know, some of our listeners may have never heard of 40 Days for Life. So tell us a little bit about some of the, that background, the beginning, and then give us an update on how things are going now. Sure. The the coolest thing about 40 Days for Life is that it started here in Texas. It is an international uh, movement now. And basically, it started in 2004, meant to be a one-time vigil. The leaders at the local Coalition for Life in Bryan College Station were wanting to figure out how could they get more people to come and pray uh, and, and face the injustice and speak out against the injustice of abortion happening in their very own community. So they decided, well, let's... Uh, Let's go to Scripture, and obviously most of us know that the number 40 is very significant throughout Scripture, and thus came 40 Days for Life. And so they, the idea was to have people praying uh, during those all, all 40 days, People, most people signing up maybe for a weekly hour to come and pray on the sidewalk directly in front of the local abortion facility to peacefully address that issue and to uh, be there for uh, most especially the moms and the babies and to reach out and help them. Meant to be a one-time thing. It caught on. Other people contacted the Coalition for Life, said, hey, we want to do this too. So in 2007, they said, okay, we'll do this and we'll try it. And maybe we'll have like 20 cities. And they ended up having 89 coordinated 
vigils simultaneously that very first coordinated effort across the country. And then soon after, it caught on to many other countries in the world. So it, that, it, that was in 2007 when it went national and then international. So it's 10-year anniversary, actually, of that, which is really awesome. And since then, there are over 14,000 lives that have been recorded to uh, have uh, been saved. 14,000, uh, I, I don't have the exact number because it's it's actually changing every single day. Um, but over 14,000 moms basically chose life either because they talked with a sidewalk counselor or sidewalk advocate, those who are trained to reach out to the moms, or simply because people were praying there. They saw many of them are looking for a sign from God, and they see that physical presence there. So we have, uh, of course, 40 Days for Life twice a year here in Central Texas. One is uh, during uh, every year in the spring that coincides with the Christian season of Lent. The other one is always in the fall. And so uh, we are are well on our way through the um, 40 Days for Life campaign now. And it is uh, we, we had our day 20 actually uh, marker, which we usually do a candlelit vigil. Um, this past Monday and really, really beautiful. So locally, we have definitely seen many lives saved and hearts changed as well. Also, hundreds of abortion workers have had conversions and quit their jobs, mostly due to these efforts like this. No, that's exciting. You think about the focus, well, if you will, is about prayer. But the concern is the, the life in the womb, the innocent life in the womb. But more lives have been impacted than just the unborn child, which is amazing, which I'm sure if, if, you know, I don't know who put all this together and kind of what the the brain trust was on that. Maybe they thought of all that. Maybe they thought, you know, we're going to impact the lives of mothers and workers. Maybe they didn't. I oftentimes have to be reminded of that, you know, because we we start with a focus goal and then sometimes we're blessed with other things. We're like, wow, this is amazing, too. Mm. We're talking with Heather Gardner, the leader of Central Texas Coalition for Life. They're right in the middle of their 40 Days for Life effort. You can get involved locally. They need volunteers. As you heard, she talked about this. It's about a prayer effort. They have people that sign up for hour blocks. I guess you could do 30 minutes if that's all you can do, or you could do longer than an hour. And so they have a schedule that they put together. Um, Heather, what is the website where people can go to? Yes. So locally, it's centraltexascoalition.com, all spelled out, centraltexascoalition.com. So I want to talk about the other lives that are impacted by this, the mothers, Mm -hmm. right? You think about the unborn child in life and death situations, but... You know, I don't think it would be unreasonable to suggest that some of those mothers may be on the verge of deciding whether or not their life is worth living, right? right? You think about the impact that that presence and prayer. And, you know, I um, have had the honor to be out there over the years from time to time. One time I remember particularly several years ago, uh, Eduardo Vodasegui came who is the actor from the pro-life movie Bella. He's done a lot of things since then um, to support the pro-life movement. But he just happened to be in town. And someone asked me to kind of shepherd him around. He wanted to meet the governor and some different things. So, But it was one of the candlelight vigils. I think it may have been the kickoff. And he said, I said, hey, you know, we're doing this tonight. And he said, I want to go. And I was like, all right, let's go. Mm-hmm. And the media heard about it. And, like, it turned into, like, this big deal. But he just went and prayed. I mean, he was just like everyone else. And, you know, just the impact as these things get more attention, you never know what kind of blessings come along the way. The workers, right? The the abortion workers who 
however they find themselves in this situation, are being impacted. 14 lives, 14,000 lives, excuse me, saved. Uh, you know, the, and, and that's the unborn child. Hundreds more in other different ways. And so, you know, this, the prayer, and I have to remind myself of this a lot, the power of prayer. Mm. There's so many aspects to the pro-life movement. I'm usually in the legislative and sometimes the legal side of it. The prayer side is daily, if not what you're doing, hourly. Talk to me about the the volunteers and some responses you get from them, their experience. Yeah, it's uh, most volunteers uh, have some sort of fear thinking about their first time to go. I know I did. I hesitated actually for a long time with uh, when I was getting invitations. Uh, as a college student to go and pray. And I finally stepped out of my comfort zone. That's what it's about. It is about stepping out of your comfort zone. And I've had people say, oh, that's not something for me because that's uh, that wouldn't be comfortable. And I'd say, exactly. <laughs> that's It's not supposed to be comfortable. It, it, look, look at the reality of what we're doing. We are standing in front of a place that is taking lives and harming lives. So, of course, it's not going to be comfortable. Christ doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to be out of our comfort zone. And so that's one thing that we have to keep in mind. And it is a sacrifice. Some people are – we get a little bit too caught up in, with mm, – uh, maybe that will fit in my schedule. Uh, I'm not really sure. And it's like we really try to encourage people to make that sacrifice sacrifice. Um, it's not it's not necessarily a convenient thing. And so many volunteers will really understand just the depth of it and the importance of it and the power of prayer once they've gone out there. They they sense many of them uh, report sensing the spiritual battle, just sensing the tension um, when we're there, witnessing, you know, the, the people driving in and out. And they, they may be, uh, you know, have an open heart and be just so willing to receive love and care and information to get help elsewhere. Or they may be very um, hard hearted and just uh, hostile, you know, in their in their action towards us or in their attitude towards us. And so that, you know, there's many different things that we can witness. But oh, my gosh, the volunteers that we have are, are incredible. I mean, I can't say enough about them because they are, you know, they're not just, you know, someone who has a lot of time on their hands. In fact, most of them, you know, they have children. Some of them are homeschooling their children. Some of them have full-time jobs. Some of them both, they're doing, you know, full-time work and they've got family life or they've got school. We've got some students involved that are very busy with their school schedules. Um, and yet they're making this a priority, they're making this a priority because they know it's uh, it's important. And David B. Wright, who was one of the founders of Forty Days for Life, once said, "If the um, if we can't be out on the sidewalk, then the Christian church may as well have a sign in front of each abortion facility in the United States that says this place is open with permission of Christians." Well, it's a good point, and think and and, and I I was as you were talking, I was thinking about. Some experiences I've had personally when I've been outside the abortion clinic, the Planned Parenthood clinic along Ben White next to the the, the bank and the mm-hmm. Wendy's, all there um, by South Congress. South Congress or South First? I forget. South Congress. South Congress, right. Yeah. So um, you can bring your kids out there. I brought my children out there. And, you know, and I also think – and I had this just reflection when I was there how close you are to what's happening. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm not, and I don't want people to think that, you know, you're right at the entrance. I'm just saying proximity wise, though, you're literally face to face, you can see the building. Mm-hmm. So you get a sense, at least I did, of in your own mind, imagining what may be going on in that building. And to me, 
it brought me just even closer to knowing what an impact you could have just by your presence there, just for just to pray without even even if you weren't holding up a sign, even if you you know or whatever, you just your presence there, it gets noticed. But you're able with the sidewalk and the location, and they've done certain things right to put up higher walls and all this kind of stuff over the years. But you can still see it; it's there, and so you're able to confront that and know, you know what, your presence, you're that close. And then prayer and spiritually, you can get an even, even closer. And so keep that in mind. If you have a family and you want to bring them out there, it's not uncommon to see children out there. We're talking with Heather Gardner, leader of Central Texas Coalition for Life. We're talking about the 40 Days for Life effort. So I was remembering last year, was it last year that Sean Carney brought the tour bus? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Just, you know, just to get some enthusiasm and to kind of be there with like-minded people and to have this bus you know, the, this international effort that that grew out of Texas, that's got to be something that's encouraging to see. While it's important to have uh, impact locally, that, wow, how it's grown. And, and I think it's something that when people come together like that, it can just multiply. Absolutely, yeah. And we've seen so many, um, going back to bringing families out there, a lot of people ask that question. And I always say it's at the discretion of the parents. Sometimes parents have children that just simply, they're at a stage that they can't sit still. And so for their safety, maybe that's not, uh, you know, leave them and, and find a babysitter. But otherwise, families being out there is so incredibly powerful. I can't even tell you. And and, and I want you to keep in mind, for those of you who are not familiar with this uh, type of ministry, this type of work, this is not something where like I said, we're facing facing a building that's doing awful things. We're not coming out there with with a tragic, you know. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is we are bringing the light and the hope of Christ to a place that so needs it. And when we are there smiling and and just praying for these, we have the joy to be able to pray for them and to hope that the Lord will work through us and to work on their hearts. It's so powerful. And some people say, I really don't know that that has an impact. Let me tell you, there are so many abortion workers fleeing the industry now because of more peaceful prayerful efforts like this. Abby Johnson, who is a former Planned Parenthood director, when she left, she had attended a Planned Parenthood, uh, or excuse me, a national abortion seminar before she left the industry that had a workshop in it uh, that was uh, meant to address the issue of the quote-unquote anti-choice protesters. In this workshop, from the horse, <laughs> from the horse's mouth, they said, when people are peacefully out there, uh, you know, not not aggressive or anything, but when people are actually peacefully witnessing, the no-show rate for abortion appointments rises as high as 75%. Now, we don't always know about that. They don't always come and tell us that they changed their minds. So just but rising, uh, a no-show rate rising to 75% is incredible. And I've, I've had the pleasure and the honor of knowing so many of these workers that have come out of the industry and hearing their stories, and every one of them will say the same thing. It's the peaceful people that were lovingly reaching out that really touched my heart and made me leave and also touched a lot of people's hearts in the clinics. That's a good reflection, good for people to, to think about, and also for people to feel comfortable that they're, you know, nothing else is going to be expected of them. If they come and donate an hour and half an hour, their presence and their peaceful prayer is enough. You don't have to go out there expecting that there's something else you're supposed to do and um, and and be dramatic in any way. Just being there and praying silently. Yes. Yeah. Oftentimes, Nicole, uh, 
Heather, before we, and I almost said Nicole, when I was standing in front of you, I'm thinking Blondes, about we my, all look the no, same. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> y'all have great, both of y'all have great presents. So let's back up for a second, if you got a few minutes, and talk about how you got into this work, what it means to you. You have devoted your life to this effort for many years. Mm-hmm. And and you've got great talents. You've got a great voice. I'm sure there's a lot of things, you know, maybe other interests you had. Talk to us about when you started, why it means something to you, and what it's all about for Heather Gardner. Yeah, so my um, upbringing was uh, I, I was I was brought up in a very devout Christian home, and um, from an early age, I remember my grandmother talking to me about abortion. Not anything in any details, but she had a bumper sticker that said, abortion stops a beating heart. I can remember that from my earliest memories of her. And so I would ask about it, and she would explain it to me in an age-appropriate way. And and from then on, it was just for me as a child uh, a no-brainer. Well, that's wrong. Why would people do that? And so I think that's what kind of planted the seed for me. And then I started doing a lot of research on the Internet as I uh, got into junior high and high school. And any time I got the opportunity to give a speech or do a presentation of a topic of my choosing, I would choose abortion. I didn't have an activist family. I didn't have it's not like we sat around the dinner table and talking about that all the time or anything like that. But I just for whatever reason had it on my heart to do that. And I felt that this was an injustice that needed to be spoken out about. And so I would write, you know, about abortion and I would um, do speeches about abortion. And then when I got to college, I heard about these people that went to pray outside an abortion facility. And I thought, okay. That is crazy. I, I would never do that. Um, and that's actually probably like the 12th time um, that I had said I would never do that. And then I ended up doing that. So I've learned to be very careful with saying that to God. Um, I did say I would never win the lottery. And so far, that hasn't uh, worked out for me yet. But um, Have you said that 12 times? Rever- not, not 12 times. Reverse <laughs> psychology hasn't worked on God for that. But anyways, um, I would never pray outside of a facility. And then finally, after nudging of several friends from my church, I I went. And then I was like, okay, I went. Um, I think that was good. I'm not going to go for a while. And then I had several friends, uh, three in particular, that were, you'd make a good sidewalk counselor. You should come and you should go through a training so you can learn about the resources and reach out to women. And I just thought, you guys are crazy. I don't understand what makes you think that. I mean, I really, and it got to the point where I was just like, stop bugging me about this and so finally and they weren't obnoxious you know in a way they were always just gently inviting me but for me it was obnoxious and so uh, then I was like okay I'll go to a training but not to do that only to shut them up and so I went to a training I was so convicted when I went through that training just learning all that I learned and I thought nobody hardly anyone else is, is doing this hardly anyone else is standing up for these women and these children I have to do this and uh, so I just I gave it up to God and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I feel like I need better training, but I'm, I'm going to go for it. And so um, and then I, I was offered a job uh, later on when, when I was getting close to graduation. And I was like, OK, you guys are desperate. I mean, Sean, Sean Carney, who was at the director at the time of the Coalition for Life, he um, offered me the job multiple times. And I said no multiple times. And I said, you got literally something's going on. Like, why don't you find somebody else? You must be that desperate if you can't find anybody else. I mean, I was just that 
down on myself about that. I couldn't believe that that they would want me. I didn't understand why they would want me to do this. I didn't think that I was qualified by any means. So I then um, noticed that a lot of other doors were closing, a lot of things that I tried. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, God, maybe I'll do this. So I think in a way he, he pulled me in kicking and screaming. And um, I'm so grateful that he did. He knows what he's dealing with. So um, I, I'd never had a long-term plan of doing this. I thought, well, this will just be my first job. And again, I just, the more and more I got involved, the more convicted I was and the more I realized, um, no, I don't have every qualification that I probably need, but I do have, I do have the Lord. And if I keep on, um, educating myself and trusting that he's going to use me and, and answer his call, then, uh, then what else can I say? What else can I do? And so that was, um, eight years ago that I got involved full time. So I've been doing this for eight years now. We're talking with Heather Gardner, leader, director, executive director. What is your? Executive director. Executive director. <laughs> president. Director, whatever. <laughs> yes. The head, Central Central Texas Coalition for Life. So, um, yeah, I, you know, it, it's interesting. When you were saying that, I was thinking of the word fine, right? Fine, I'll do this. You know, and, and could you have picked a better place, right? Austin, a yeah. tougher market. Yeah. And it's interesting how that happens sometimes, right? And then, but, you know, you kind of realize the opposite side of that is the impact that you could have in a market like that, or if you will, of Central Texas, where, you know, you'd be expected not to, or some people would, to just kind of leave it alone. I know I find myself in that position. Oftentimes, my office is like two blocks from the Capitol. There aren't a lot of people around that area that particularly share our values, but mm-hmm. it, it almost sometimes reminds you that's why that's why it's important to be there, but it doesn't come without its challenges. And so, uh, you know, pray for Heather and her team as she is praying for the pro-life issue, for the baby in the womb. Pray for her and her team. The The work that she does, um, you know, it, it does, it's very emotional. It is life and death. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and so it, while it's something that I'm sure you're very passionate and you care about, you know, you're also an individual, you're a human being, but you have decided to be courageous and do this. Pray for Heather and her team, though, that they continue to have people come and volunteer Let's do the website one more time if people want to sign up to volunteer. CentralTexasCoalition.com. That's Central Texas spelled out, coalition.com. Yeah, the weather's a little bit nicer, right? It's not as warm, right? Might be a little bit easier to be out there. 40 Days for Life ends, if you will, on what day? On Sunday, November 5th. So we have many opportunities from now until then and even afterwards as well. Several weeks, and we didn't even talk about Longhorn Aggie football. <laughs> Whoop! There you who's, go. Whose okay. record's better? A Texas is what are we three and three? I don't know what y'all are. I don't keep up with that. Anyway, <laughs> I hear about the Aggies, and that's about all I keep up <laughs> with. If that. <laughs> good, Heather. It's been a joy and delightful to have you on the Texas Values Report. We will look forward to having you again. Thank you so much for having me. God bless. Well, that's good stuff. It's great to have someone in studio. Heather lives here in the area, as you heard us mention. So, and oftentimes we have people call in. If you got to listen to the show last week, Franklin Graham called in. He called in. I wasn't even in the studio. I was in D.C. in a hotel room. We had a media room set up at the Value Voter Summit in Washington, D.C. that Family Research Council was a part of. But the media room was kind of noisy. So I went up to my hotel room and they wanted a landline, and I'm like, oh, yeah, there are still phones in hotel rooms. Um, who uses these anymore? But we had a great interview with Franklin Graham. If you didn't hear that, you can check that out. But I had a really nice visit at the White House. Twice we were over there, 
And then also we went over to Congress. We don't do a lot of work up in D.C. That's just not how we're built. That's not our intention. But there's no question that, you know, there's a two-way street. The impact Texas can have on the rest of the country and the impact that the federal government can have on Texas – if you will. And so certainly value to our presence there. But the main presence was an invitation we received to come to the White House, to have meetings with key staff members, and also to be a part of the Value Voter Summit. One of the meetings we had was with Paul Teller. He is the legislative liaison for uh, President Trump and his administration. Paul Teller is the former chief of staff for Ted Cruz. And they certainly want to hear more from people in Texas that are supportive of some of the things that the Trump administration is doing, not only on policy. There's been a lot of things that have happened on the life issue, that have happened on other values issues that the federal government um, has been involved in, but on judicial nominees, a huge issue there as far as the right getting the right judges in place. And so, and we're seeing some of this play out with um, numerous court cases that are coming up where the federal government is changing their position, if you will, based on what the Obama administration was doing before. We're seeing the nuns not have to fight so much in court. I mean, why are nuns having to pay for contraceptive coverage? I mean, does that make any sense? It just practically. But then you think about them and the fact that the government's trying to tell a religious organization what to do. Also, if you haven't seen the scorecard for the C4 that we run that's a part of, that's affiliated with our organization, Texas Values Action, an update on how legislators did during the session. Before I forget, we're about to run out of time because Heather and I got into some great conversation. She did at least. Our gala is on December 7th in the Houston area. It's not that far from here. Uh, December 7th in Houston is a Thursday evening. We're going to have some tremendous guests there. Kelly Shackelford, uh, Lois Colcourst. I believe that Raphael, Reverend Raphael Cruz is going to be there. Tremendous pro-life victories, a, a big religious liberty victory we're going to talk about during the legislative session. And really to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ in Houston that are still recovering and they'll have more of an opportunity to recovery if religious freedom is protected for the churches that are doing the work on the ground. So go to our website, txvalues.org, to find more about what we're doing. Remember, you can donate to us on our website, txvalues.org, at any time, at any hour. And before I forget, a shameless plug for my kids' school, Cathedral School St. Mary, is having their annual fall festival on Sunday, October 29th, I believe it runs from 10 in the morning till 5 p.m. That is right by the Texas Capitol. I think it's at 910 San Jacinto is the address. Lots of fun, lots of games, lots of food, lots of interesting events. Vendors, come buy a gift for, for Christmas. A lot of good stuff out there, and it's for a good cause. It's for the kids, all right? It's for education. Cathedral School St. Mary Fall Festival, October 29th, next Sunday from 10 to 5, downtown Austin, 910 San Jacinto. So we will see you next week where we'll talk about faith, family, and freedom in Texas.